0: You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to renewlifechurch.com. All right. Good morning. Y'all doing all right? I'm glad to be with you today. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Keith, and I am the Lubbock campus pastor, part of our teaching team. Your Pastor Cody he is up preaching at the Lubbock campus so we swapped spots today and I'm sure he's bringing it I've, I've been hearing nothing but amazing things down here in Midland they um, heard y'all just been experiencing a lot of the Lord and his presence and uh, a move of God and so um, I'm glad Cody's up there and I'm down here I'm, I'm glad to actually be down here with you guys so just see what the Lord see what the Lord's going to do. Um, yeah, yeah, thank you, seven people who are glad that I'm here. Um, <laughs> hopefully I can warm up to the, to the rest of you. Now, uh, I want to, I want to share a couple of things before we jump into the message today, because I believe that there's some people here that, that you are, um, you maybe even came today because you've maybe heard about some things going on here and you're looking for healing in your body and, um, for, for just a, a healing to come and, and take place. And I want to remind you, there's, there's something that, that I've, I've been hearing Bill Johnson say out of Bethel Church. He's been saying this for a couple of months now. Um, but he said that, that we are in a season where healing is being released during the message. Amen. That just by opening up the Word of God, being in the presence of God, learning about Him, and just speaking His words... That, that there's actually healings happening. I was talking to Cody, yeah, I was talking to Cody on the way up and he said there was people who just got healing in, in worship last week. No hands being laid, no, nothing being spoken, just in worship, the Lord coming and healing bodies. And, um, and so I just, I just wanna declare that today. And I just want us to, to come into agreement with what we believe the Lord is actually doing. And, and release that into the atmosphere. Here's, here's what I know about someone who's looking for healing. They don't care how they get it as long as they get it. And, and, and let's just be honest. If they can get it without some person they don't know coming and laying hands on them, they probably would like that way even better. So we're just going to declare today. So God, I just thank you right now that as the word that is released today, that Jesus, as you're released, as grace is released, that healing comes on the, the heels of these words and that that as we open up your word, that healing would take place in the bodies that need it. And I just declare wholeness in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If you have your Bible, open up to 2 Kings chapter 4. <clears throat> we're going to read a, a quick story here. And um, we're going to be in verses 38 through 41. Let me, let me read this and then we'll kind of jump into what we're going to talk about. 2 Kings 4, 38 through 41. Many of you have heard me say this before, but I like reading out of the New Living Translation because supposedly it's written at a fifth grade level, which means <laughs> I got this. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Look, don't, y'all don't look at me like y'all read the King James. And if you read the King James, you have no idea what's going on. <laughs> you still don't know. Thows and thers and I don't even know how to say them, those words. New Living Translation? Yeah, and that's my language right there. Elisha now returned to Gilgal, and there was a famine in the land. One day as the group of prophets was seated before him, he said to his servant, put a large pot on the fire and make some stew for the rest of the group. So here we find Elisha with a group of prophets, and he, he comes to this young prophet, and look what he says. One of the young men went out into the field to gather herbs and came back with a pocket full of wild gourds. He shredded them and put them into the pot without realizing they were poisonous. Some of the stew was served to the men, but after they had eaten a bite or two, they cried out, man of God, there's poison in this stew. So they would not eat it. Elisha said, bring me some flour. Then he threw it into the pot and said, now it's all right. Go ahead and eat. And then it did not harm them. An amazing story here. And we're going to kind of jump into the meaning of this. But before we, we really get into the meat of the message today, I want, to, I want to kind of share a vision that I believe the Lord gave me and, and kind of give you a 40,000-foot view of what's happening as we dive into the Old Testament, as we dive into the miracles of Elisha. You see, this is something that me and Cody have been doing together at our campuses. We're actually preaching the same messages and what we're, what we're showing you is how the, the miracles of Elisha actually point to the person of Jesus and the ministry of Jesus. That even back in the Old Testament, even back in the good old days, even back when, when, miracle, when, when, when he was, Elisha was doing all these miracles, we can actually see Jesus in the story. And as we begin to, to dive into this series, I, I had to stop and I kind of had to ask the Lord, okay, Lord, I need you to show me why this matters. You see, if you're going to get up and preach a message, you kind of need to know that it matters. you got to have a conviction that what you're talking about is actually going to make a difference in the lives of those who hear your message. And, and, I, and, and as I was studying this, you know, as, as, a, as, a, as a pastor and as a preacher, We kind of, we we love stories like this where we can dive into old story and find Jesus in it, and it's just, and it's really, really cool, but I don't want this just to be a time where we go, oh, wow, cool, Jesus in that story, that's so cool, cool, and then we leave going, cool, what does it matter, and the Lord began to, he he gave me this vision, and what I saw, if he could just open up like like a person in their soul, I began to see Um, like a, a sheet, like almost like a Kleenex sheet, begin to just kind of fall down and settle. And then another one fall down and settle. And another one fall down and settle on top of one another. And what the Lord began to show me is that when we dive into the Old Testament, we dive into seeing Jesus in the stories of old, what it actually begins to do is it actually begins to give us layers of truth in our soul. It begins to create layers of the goodness of God, layers of the grace of Jesus, layers of the love of God, layers of the mercy of God. You see, it it begins to create layer after layer after layer. And what I begin to discover, me personally, and what I believe for you, we need more than one layer. We need to see Jesus Everywhere we look. Have you, if you've been coming to church for some time, have you ever, have you ever just asked this question, what's, why do I still need to read the Old Testament? You ever wondered what the point of the Old Testament is? No one, no, one wants to, no one wants to raise their hand. But like, once you realize grace and you realize we live in the new covenant and we realize Jesus finished the work, you... Like you kind of open the Old Testament, and you're like, man, there's some cool stories in here, but why, why do I, what, 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 the, what's the point of this? I'll tell you the point of the Old Testament, Jesus. It, it, it begins to create layers and layers and layers of the grace of God and the layers of truth. Hear me today. I can get up here and tell you, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And it creates a layer in your soul. I can tell you that Jesus finished it on the cross. He said these three words, it is finished. Your sonship, your daughtership, your your identity is completely wrapped up in the finished work of the cross. You can't can't earn earn a a good place with God. You can't earn yourself into his presence. You're a son because of Jesus. You're a daughter because of the blood of Jesus. And you know that, you you read that. By grace, you have been saved through faith. And what, what am I doing? It's creating layers and layers and layers. Oh, but when you go back in the Old Testament and you begin to see stories that point to the grace of Jesus all along, there's something that happens in here that creates a layer and layers of truth that completely change who you are. You wanna know why we need more layers? Because us as believers, you know what we are really, really good at doing? We're really good at going back to living in the law. We're really good at performing for God. Anybody else ever struggle with performance? And you find yourself getting back into this performance with God? trying to earn it, trying to even if you even if you know, even if you come here and you hear about the grace of God, all of a sudden you get to Wednesday and you're living right back in the law. You're trying to check the boxes, you're trying your hardest not to cuss, going down Big Spring, you're, you're just I mean you're the, all you're just you're, you're oh, I got I better I've, I've gotten off my worship music. I got to turn that on. The Lord loves me more when I'm listening to K-Love. Like it is we we get in these weird we start thinking weird. And what he began to show me is that when we create layers of truth and we begin to see Jesus in the grace of God, the new covenant, everywhere we look in the Bible, these layers produce a strength. And and I want you to think about it this way. These layers are covering up our soul. And the more layers you get, the harder it is, watch me, the harder it is for performance to pop up. The harder it is for shame to come up the harder it is for guilt to come up when you mess up because you so understand and believe the grace of God that it covers you, that it sets you free, that you can't even find a way to get in shame. You can't even find yourself back into performance because you believe so much that you're a son that you just begin to operate in it. That's how I want to live my life. What I'm talking to you about today Some of us need to get the concept of the grace of God out of here and get it into here. We begin to live it. We begin to think it. I'm not a mind reader, but I bet if I were to jump into your brain during the week and hear the conversations Some of y'all are getting so uncomfortable right now. And here are the conversations that you're having with yourself about yourself. I bet a lot of the conversations you're having about yourself are centered around the mistakes that you're making. Which should tell you something. You need more layers. We need more layers we need to get the grace of God, the person of Jesus, so deep down on the inside of us that we actually begin to operate and live in the grace of God. Amen? You see, it is the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. I, uh, this just kind of came out in first service, so I'm just going to repeat it, this, this service. But um, <clears throat> I, anybody grow up in, in, in the days when you went to the, those heaven or hell skits as a kid? Do y'all remember those? Keep your hand up if you're still traumatized and you need prayer after today because of those things. The, the, those, those skits, they were, I mean, they were, I'm not gonna lie, they were amazing. The the people, but if, if you don't know about these, like I I, I grew up going to these, plays where you'd go into these churches and you'd sit down and you'd watch this play. And it was like a, it was like a whole family in an airplane. And then the airplane goes down and then people, some of the family members go to hell and some of them go to heaven and they take you out of rooms and put you into another room and that room's hell. And you get to hear demons and you get to see crazy things. And I'm telling you, I'm traumatized still to this day because of this, but you know what they were trying to do? They were trying to scare the hell out of you. Like, I don't mean that in a derogatory way. Like, they wanted the hell out of you by showing you it. And it kind of worked. I was scared to death. But I need inner healing still, is the problem. I still need freedom from what I saw. There's one way, but there's a better way. His name is Jesus, it's His goodness. It's his grace that leads us into repentance and leads us into relationship with God. Hear me today, I, I wanted my wife to choose me for me. Not choose me because she thought, oh man, I may not find somebody else, I'll take him. <laughs> it could get really, really bad. I've got him right now, we'll just, we'll just go with it. No, I wanted her to choose me. God wants us to choose him because that's relationship. It's his goodness that leads us to him. I don't want to choose him because I'm scared of somewhere else I'll go. I want to choose him because I'm excited about where I'll be with him. This is what we're doing in this series, creating layers of Jesus and the grace of God in our life so that we actually begin to live in it and think in it. Amen? So today I want to title the message, Jesus, Faith, and Freedom. And I feel like I should add the hashtag, America. It fits, right? Jesus, Faith, Freedom, America. I need prayer. Would y'all pray with me or pray for me? Just stretch your hand out towards me. No, I'm Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for your grace, the freedom that it brings, the life that it brings. We receive life today. We receive life today in this time. In Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. Amen. I'm going to go out on a limb and just assume that every person in here knows what it's like to make a mistake. Every person in here has made multiple mistakes. And we know what it's like to actually make that mistake and feel it, right? We feel the mistakes that we make. Um, everyone would raise their hand and say, yeah, I've, I've made a mistake. I actually wanna take you back to a moment where you just, you just accidentally did something wrong. It was a mistake, but it was just by accident. You didn't realize what you were doing, maybe you didn't have enough information, it was just a mistake. Um, <clears throat> I, as I was preparing, I remembered this story, I think I shared it many years ago here. Um, but this was back when me and our family were living in Amarillo. Natalie was coaching. It was a Saturday morning. She was with the team, and I was going to be the dad of the year, and I was going to get up and make, all, make the boys breakfast. We were going to start the day off great, have a great weekend, and I was going to make pancakes. So I start throwing stuff into the bowl. I start throwing stuff into the mix, and I get to this one little ingredient that says you need so much of uh, baking powder. And I'm like, cool. So I start looking for baking powder. It's already going in a bad direction. Because if you're a guy and you're looking for something, you ain't going to find it. <laughs> yes, you need your wife. Hey, babe, I thought about looking for something. I'm, I'm going to tell you what I was going to go look for. Can you just go find it? That's what you need to do, right? Well, she wasn't there, so I went looking for it. I can't find any baking powder. I don't even know what it looks like. But I did find something else, I found some baking soda. And it's got, one of the words are the same. Okay. And I'm looking, I'm looking, I can't find anything. I'm like, well, what am I going to do? This, these pancakes got to do what the baking thing would do. If I don't, so baking soda, it is. So I choose to put baking soda in the pancakes. It's not the same as baking powder. (laughs) It's crazy. There there was a a moment of panic too because then I began to think about what baking soda does. By the way, this stuff is weird because you can can consume it, but you can also clean your microwave with it. (laughs) Do you know what that does to somebody who has no idea what it really does? It's like, did I just poison my kids? (laughs) Just try it and let me see. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'll never forget the the pancakes get made. They're disgusting, super salty tasting. The syrup won't even cover it up. And my Jackson, he was like five or six at the time. And he knew as a dad I was trying so hard and he's just eating the pancakes. No, dad, they're not that bad. I'm like, yes, they are. I tried to create a great weekend and I screwed it up. I mean, I just, it was an accident. I made a mistake. Truth be told, it's a funny story now, but I felt it then. I, you know, I wanted, I wanted to, to come through for my kids. There's something about us as human beings, we, we don't like making mistakes. Believer or unbeliever, we feel it. I can imagine this is what the, the young prophet was feeling in the story that we read. Here he's hanging out with a group of prophets he's hanging out with the man himself, Elisha, the guy who's walking around doing all kinds of miracles. Elisha looks at him and says, Hey man, I need you to make dinner for all the ministers in town. And he goes out with his big brains and gets poisonous gourds. That's what he did. And if you look in, in, in 2 Kings 4:39, it even tells you his heart. It says he, he shredded them up and he put them in the pot without realizing they were poisonous. In other words, it was an accident. He didn't know what he was doing. And here's where the story gets interesting. Elisha comes over, he throws flour into the mix, and for lack of a better word, it purifies the stew. To be eatable again flour is I know I know I've kind of I've kind of given myself a bad reputation on ingredients so far but trust me with this one flour is the main ingredient in bread can we all agree okay I know that's what I'm saying some of y'all been on that diet and you've been thinking about bread and that's how you feel right there I lost them right there, Keith. You lost every person. We don't even know. They don't even know who Elisha is right now. Much less Jesus. He throws flour into the pot. Flour is 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 the main ingredient in bread. John six thirty-five. Jesus talking. Notice what he says. I'm the bread alive. Jesus said of himself, I am the bread. See, you know what this miracle was actually pointing to? It wasn't, it wasn't a coincidence that Elisha threw flour in, it was a foreshadowing of Jesus. And he sent a message when he did that miracle. And you know what the message was? The message is this with Jesus in the mix, it's okay to make a mistake. With Jesus, it's okay when we make a mistake. With Jesus, it's okay, even if we do something accidentally, and I'll go as far as to say even if we do it on purpose and we know, we're realizing what we're doing. With Jesus in the mix, it's okay for you to make a mistake. It's okay for us to make a mistake, a financial mistake. It's okay for us to make a relational mistake. It's okay for us to make a mistake in our marriage. Hear me today. You're making a mistake in your parenting. And it's okay. With Jesus in the mix, it's okay to make a mistake. And some are like, yeah, pastor, are you saying that we can just go around making mistakes? Kind of. Kind of. I was going to say something else, but no, no, kind of, yeah. Because nobody in here is pursuing mistakes. Nobody in here is pursuing evil. Nobody in relationship with God is trying to go out and sin and trying to make a mistake. But I feel like because there's a little, I'll just be honest, because there's religion kind of hanging off of us still, I have to give out this disclaimer. I'm not saying that you should go out and just make a mistake because he'll be okay with it. I'm not, I'm not condoning sin. I'm not condoning going out and making a mistake relationally or in your marriage. I'm not saying, hey, you know what? You're free. Like, you're, he'll cover it anyway. Just go and do whatever you want to do. No, no, no. That's not grace. Grace is bigger. Because grace empowers you to actually live the life you've always wanted to live. And grace says you can go after God, and if you make a mistake, I got you covered. This is the beauty of grace. This is the beauty of Jesus, is that we can walk through life and we don't have to worry if we're screwing it all up. Some of you have made a mistake and you've let it stop you from trying again. Hear me today, with Jesus, it's okay to make a mistake. Believe it or not, he's bigger than your mistake. Jesus is bigger than any mistake you've made relationally. Jesus' blood covers the biggest mistake in the room. Jesus, hear me today, Jesus covers multiple divorces. Jesus covers adultery. Jesus covers lying. Jesus covers gossip. Jesus covers the fact that you made a really bad investment and lost a lot of money. Jesus covers a wrong move a wrong job that you took. Jesus even covers wrong motivation in your heart. You say, that sounds too good to be true. It's just too good and it's just too true. That's literally how good and how abundant the grace of God is in our life how do I know? Because Jesus told me where sin abounds, that much more does grace abound. Which tells me if the sin gets greater, the grace gets greater. Come on, I said if the sin gets greater, the grace gets greater. Grace always trumps it. Grace is always over it. If you make a mistake and you make a mistake and you make a mistake, the grace of God says, hey, try again, you're covered. The blood of Jesus says, you're covered. The blood of Jesus says, I got you. The blood of Jesus said, hey, you know what? I'm gonna sprinkle a little flour in here and we're gonna make it all better. It is a picture of how good God really is. Man, he's so good. You know, this this grace this Jesus that we fell in love with. He enables us to do certain things. This idea that you you wrapping your head around the fact that it's okay to make a mistake, I'm gonna give you two points today. You know what it actually allows you to do? It allows you to live in freedom and it allows us to live by faith. If you're a note taker, write those down. Here's why this matters. Because when you, when you let the fact that you can make a mistake get in and he covers it, you'll begin to live in freedom and you'll begin to live by faith. Here's what I mean. You want to know why you'll begin to live in freedom? Because you're not going to be walking around trying not to make a mistake. <clears throat> um, obviously, I have a huge sports background and, and some of y'all were like, oh, he hadn't told a football story yet or a sports story yet. It might be the first time ever Jesus is coming back tomorrow. No, he ain't, because I'm about to tell one, all right? <clears throat> Maybe he will come back tomorrow. I shouldn't say that. Maybe, come back. Please come back whenever you want. <clears throat> but I've, I've played too many sports. I know this. This is a sports thing. You cannot be a good player if you go out on the field or the court trying not to make a mistake. If you go out trying not to throw interceptions, if you go out trying not to miss, miss the basket, if you go out trying not, trying not to do this, trying not, trying not to get the coach put you on the bench, if you, if you go out trying not to make a mistake, it creates a very timid and a very uptight player. And the problem is that I just described many Christians They're timid and they're uptight because they're afraid to make a mistake. They don't realize how good his grace is. And they walk around like a, I don't know the right word, just meek. Well, that's usually a good word. Weak, when you're weak, he's strong. But you get what I'm saying. They just kind of walk around like, I can't be used by God. I don't have any power. I, can I just say, that we got to be done with that junk. Hold your head up. Be who he's called you to be. You're a daughter. You're a son. And you have power. And if people take it the wrong way, so be it. So be it. They think you're prideful because you, you, you walk around with your chest out and your head up. You can't control what they think anyway. Grace. See, someone who we're not we're not as a sports player, you don't go out trying not to make a mistake. You know what you do? You go out trying to make plays. You go out loose. Some of us need to get loose with our walk with God. Be loose, be free. (laughs) Go make some plays. Big time players make big time plays in big time games. That's who you are as a believer. You're a big time player. Not because you got some talent that you worked so hard to get, but because he placed a gift on the inside of you. Because he's an encourager and he says, you're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. You can lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. Raise people from the dead. Cast out demons. This This is who he talks about. He looked at his disciples and said, where's your faith? He wasn't condemning them. He wasn't bringing shame because he is grace himself. He wasn't calling them, calling them out, he was calling them up. Do you not understand who you are? Do you, I'll ask you, do you not understand who you are? See, you, you walk around in slavery to the law, you walk around not understanding the new covenant and that's exactly what will happen. You'll walk around with one hand tied behind your back trying to accomplish what he's called you to accomplish. It's time to let loose, time to be free. Let the grace of God, see, it's time to create another layer. Let that layer come on in, wow, he is that good. Wow, I am that powerful because of him. Wow, he has free, wow, I can make a mistake. Oh, if you can make a mistake and not get ripped out of the game, guess what? You You start playing a little bit looser. Some of y'all need to hear this today, he ain't gonna rip you out of the game if you make a mistake. Where's the proof, Keith? Um, Every person ever used in the Bible is my proof. Think about all them knuckleheads. Messed up, not perfect, messed up when they were called by God. He uses imperfect people. Because the truth is, it ain't about us, it's about Him. It's okay to make a mistake. Number two, when we understand the grace of God, we understand it's okay to make mistakes. We live, we actually live by faith. See, if you're afraid to make a mistake, you'll stop taking chances. I don't wanna mess up, you won't, you, won't, you won't take a chance. And faith has you taking chances. Faith, some people have said it this way, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. You gotta risk it when it comes to faith. Faith will make you risk things. Faith will make you do things that you do not want to do. Faith will make you go over and talk to that person that you don't even like at your workplace. The one that you've been inviting to church and they still won't come. And you're like, come on, man. Like, I just don't like you. This is where we're at. This is where we've gotten to. I'm just, I don't like you. And the Lord by faith will have you give them grace. The Lord by faith will have you like them. The Lord by faith will have you pray for them. The Lord by faith will have you go talk to them. Yeah. Faith makes you do things you don't, it makes you take a chance. Faith makes you step out of the boat and then you sink. And then he comes over and picks you up and go, yeah, I need you to step out again. Man, I kind of believe in that boat that day, there were 11 who were afraid to make a mistake. And there was one who did it. Everyone wants to bash Peter. Yeah, he started looking at the wind and the waves sank. And I just want to like, oh, so you've walked on water, huh? Cool. He walked on water. You want to know how loose and how fun and how joyful God is? He could have done a million things. He allowed Peter to walk on water. What was the significance? I don't know. It's probably, probably felt pretty cool. I was like, oh, this one will be fun. I'll teach him faith. Walk on water. When, I, when, when you're not afraid, to, when you realize that you can make mistakes with Jesus, you start actually living by faith and taking a chance. See, we, we as believers, believe believers, we, we're called, the just shall live by faith. You came to church by faith. You should walk into the situations with your faith. You should be, be in a marriage by faith. You should parent by faith. You should pray by faith. Where everything that we should do, it should be done in faith. We're called to do it by faith. We're called to do it believing. And Jesus is the very one who fuels the faith that you're looking for. Grace, undeserved, unmerited favor of God. Grace, my mistakes are covered. Grace fuels faith. It has you living by faith. I, uh, I remember, I'll close with the story. I remember... I was a young adult pastor here four or five years ago. We were having a service over in the office, and it was an amazing service. The Lord was moving. Um, I, I feel like I get this prophetic word for this girl, and I and I go to her, and um, she's like having a moment. And I'm like, felt like the Lord said, "Oh, she's believing to get pregnant." So I, I go over. I said, I, I said, I just felt like the Lord said, "You're believing to get pregnant." And um, the guy that was standing next to her, they both looked at me like, turns out they were dating. (laughs) So I nailed it. (laughs) Nailed that prophetic word. Awkward. All right, awkward. I completely missed it. I was so sure, man, I got got a prophetic word from the Lord is that he's going to open up your womb. They're like, we ain't even married, pastor. What kind of church is this? I mean, you talk about missing it. And can I just say, um, I had a conversation with the Lord, I mean, we talked. I was like, Lord, you got to have my back next time, all right? Can we just not have that happen again? He's like, yeah, bro, you did that all on your own. <laughs> we, we talked and I learned from it, but you know what it didn't do? It didn't stop me from giving prophetic words. It didn't stop me from prophesying. Truth be told, <laughs> it, this even sounds wrong. It really didn't even bother me that much. Well, good. You're not having sex? Great. We've got, we've got somewhere in the Lord. That's great. Like, it's, it, didn't, it didn't really, it, I didn't go into this hole where I was like, man, I, I really better be sure the next time I hear the Lord. And if I'm going to risk it, I better, you know, check way more boxes. And you know what? Oh, my gosh. What if they leave the church? What if Renew Life Church crumbles to the ground because of this dumb word that I just gave? I didn't even go there. I was like, man, I just, he covers my mistakes. Do I want to get better? Do I want to be more accurate? 100%. He covers my mistakes. He covers your mistakes. His blood covers your mistake. And it's the very thing that empowers you to try again. It's the very thing that makes you give that next prophetic word. It's the very thing that makes you pray again and lay hands again and go after it again. It is the grace of God that inspires us. You two, you're an inspiration. Yeah, you. You're both an inspiration. The Lord says inspiration over you. When I ran into you out there, there was a joy that came off of you that I you just so naturally carry and you need to know that that natural thing you think that is natural it's God it's so natural you don't even you don't even recognize it where are y'all from where okay I can't say that but it sounds like a cool place still can't say it don't even try it's all right right. okay Let, let joy continue to come out of you. All I need you to do is now recognize that as him. Inspiration. Lord, I just release that over them right now. I thank you for the inspiration that they are. I thank you that you put them in places to inspire people. You put them, you, you, you bring people around them that need inspiration and that need joy. And it would so easily ooze off of them and flow on to others. They'd barely even realize it's you, but I pray that they would realize it's you. Let me just release that now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me? I love this quote. Let it minister to some of you um, who are struggling with decision making, struggling with knowing what to do next. You're tie- tied up in fear and wondering what to do. Steve Backlin said this. He's out of Bethel Church. He has a, a ministry called Igniting Hope Ministries. He said this, a bad decision made in faith has a greater likelihood of success than a good de- decision made in doubt. You know what that quote tells me? He understands grace. It is a quote full of the grace of God. Knowing, I'm a, it may be a bad decision, I'm gonna do it by faith. And if it's a mistake... He'll help me out. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to RenewLifeChurch.com.